Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. And Elijah was one of the prophets in the Old Testament, um, and he was, he was a powerful man because God was with him. Uh, and he did amazing miracles. Um, but then at one point, his, his story switches. And at this point, there's a, a, a queen called Jezebel. And she's after this prophet because he's, he's basically doing God's work. And she's thinking, I need to get rid of him. So she sends a message to him saying, um, basically, I'm going to kill you um, very soon, like tomorrow. So he gets scared and he starts running from a woman. Women can be scary. So... The guy starts to run, and he's running away uh, from Jezebel, and he's, uh, and he's uh, running away from his, from his problems, basically. And this is where we come to the story. So it's in 1 Kings 19, verses 7 to 9. Um, and an angel comes and visits him whilst he's running away. It says, The angel of the Lord came back a second time, so he'd already been there before, and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up, and he ate, and he drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights. Must have been a pretty good meal. Until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, Horeb, the mountain of God, you might not have heard that before, but that is Mount Sinai, which is uh, the the mountain where uh, Moses received the law. So if you've heard of the Ten Commandments before, that's where it all happened. Was it the mountain of God? So where it says the mountain of God always refers to this place called Sinai. So there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? And this is the question I want to ask tonight. Not what are you doing here, it's good that you've come. Um, But the, the question that God's asking here to Elijah is he's saying, What are you doing in a cave? He's because like hear me on this, right? Elijah shouldn't be in the cave. Right, because this is the mountain of God. Right, this is where Moses received the Ten Commandments, and God's presence is on this mountain. But Elijah goes into the cave. So, so God comes to him and says, "What are you doing here, Elijah?" Elijah was not positioned here with God, and often, and I found this is I can miss out on what God's got for me because I've put myself in a cave. Not a literal cave, but like I find, I find that, that I put myself down or I try and hide away or I just think I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. So I haven't gone for that promotion or I haven't gone for that interview or I haven't uh, gone for whatever it was because I think, I don't think I can do it. And that is the, the same thing that Elijah's doing here. He's scared, he's running and he's hiding, so he puts himself in a cave. So my first question is... What's your position? And this is, uh, this is a message to us as a church. Like, this is our Super Sunday. Whenever we do baptisms or Christmas or Easter, we do a Super Sunday, which is we bring everyone together. And so this is a question for our church, which is, what is your position? Like, are you positioning yourself with God in his presence, or are you positioning yourself out of that? So Elijah was running, and he was hiding from someone. Maybe this evening you've come and you're running or you're hiding. Right? It's dark, so you can hide in here. 
But maybe that's your situation currently in life is actually you don't feel like you're advancing in life. You don't feel like you're taking steps forward. You feel like you're retreating. You feel like life's got too much for you and you feel like you're in a bit of a cave. Well, this message is for you this evening. Because Elijah was there, but he was hiding in the cave. So God had to reposition Elijah. And we can... I've done this so many times. I've distanced myself from God because I don't feel worthy. And then you remember, like Sophie was explaining in worship, that it's like, it's nothing to do with us. That Jesus paid the price. He paid the price at the cross. He gave us grace. And grace is unmerited favor. It means we didn't deserve that grace, but we got it because of what Jesus did. So often, we try and work things out ourselves, and it's like, oh, I've messed up, so I need to do this and this and this, and I need to feel bad about it. And, you know, often we need to put things right. That's not a bad thing. But what we're talking about here in terms of grace is that grace covers us. It means that we don't have to feel that guilt and shame that we've lived under for years. We can actually be completely free, like a naked two-year-old walking around. We can have that freedom, like not the nakedness. Please take the illustration and don't <laughs> apply it too drastically. But tonight you could be sat here in church and you're not positioned to receive from God. And that is because our position is not physical, but it is in, it's a heart thing. It's like, it's, have you come this, this evening with expectation? Have you come this evening with like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to receive from God. I want more from God. Have you come with that expectation? Yeah. So I'm going to explain this, this with... Um, Vic, would you mind opening? So this is a bottle of champagne. Actual champagne. You could win this tonight. <laughs> So, this bottle of champagne here and the champagne inside it represents God's presence. It represents who God is. It represents his favor, his grace, all the good stuff he's got for us. This glass here, this represents us. So this represents you and me. This is, this is where the champagne should go. Like, if you've ever drunk champagne before, you normally drink it out of a glass, unless you're a student um, or you're at a party. <laughs> Those things, those are the exceptions. But generally speaking, you drink out of a glass. So the glass represents us. Hey. This bucket here, this represents people around us. Thank you very much. We'll take a round of applause. So, we have here some champagne. Now, the thing with God's presence and God's blessing and God's favor is it's supposed to go into our lives. That's where he wants it. But if you position yourself out of God's presence, or you're not, you're not positioned to receive from God, then the champagne just pours away. Now, if you position yourself under God's blessing, in God's church, around God's people, under his word, applying his word to your life, taking what it says and believing in it, and not just thinking like, oh yeah, these are nice thoughts, but I want to receive from God. Then your life starts to fill up with God's blessing and God's favor because you've positioned yourself under his word. And does anyone know that if you keep positioning yourself under God's word, then soon... It says in Psalm 23, 
my cup overflows. There we go. Does anyone like a glass of champagne while she's sat in church this evening? Anyone? Rich? Laura. <laughs> Got to go to Laura. There we go. Enjoy. Best baptism you've ever had and ever will have. See, when we position ourselves under God's blessing, under God's favor, we position ourselves in God, and not just like physically, but like a heart thing, like I want to receive from God. Like I'm going to take a chance that his word might actually be true. Like I took that chance in my life, and I, I said, I don't know what, but I'm going to believe in you. And I, you know, I grew up in church. My whole life, I've, I've grown up in church. My parents brought me to church. And then I remember at 18 years old, it was a time in my life, I might have been 17 actually, I think at the time, and I was in the youth group at church. And I remember at this time, a lot of my friends at that point started walking away from church and they said, that's not really for us. So the peer pressure was there for me to think, well, it's probably not for me either. But there was something about me where I could not walk away. And I remember making the decision as I was walking back from this youth group through Acom on Car Lane, if any of you know it, and I was walking home and I, I prayed, and I just said to God, I says, no matter what, I'm not going to walk away. And that was my moment then, or one of my moments really in my life, where I said, God, it's you forever. And since that point, you know, I, I have positioned myself in God. I have got a beautiful wife. I've got two beautiful kids. We don't have a perfect life. This isn't like saying, oh, yeah, once you become a Christian, everything's fine and dandy. Like, we have ups and downs, but we have our foundation, which is Christ. We have a foundation in church. We have awesome people around us that if we fall and when we fall, and we have a few times, that there are people around to pick us back up, to set us back on that track, to keep us going in life. You know, it's said of Abraham in the Bible that he was, a, he was a man known for faith. And you can look at his life and think, if you know Abraham, it's like there was lots of things he did which did not look like faith. They looked like he'd lost faith. But actually, he always positioned himself in moving forward into God's blessing, into moving into the things of God. And that's what I've done in my life. And that isn't to say that I'm an awesome person. I genuinely need church for that. I need to position myself under God's blessing. See, you can remove yourself from it, and that, that blessing is pouring, that favor of God is pouring, and we just don't receive it because our heart's not in the right place. We're not on receive from God. And in that situation, it's not like God's just disappeared. This isn't like Peter Pan, you know, where it's like, I don't believe in fairies and the fairies die. It's not like when you say, I, you know, or I say like, oh, I don't believe in God. It's like God's there like, oh. It's like God's still there. He's still on his throne. He's still ready. And you know, like the story of the prodigal son, if you've heard that in the Bible, that God is always there with arms wide open, ready to accept you back in. So you might be in church this evening. You might be part of this church and you think, I've not really been in as much as I should have been in. Don't feel that there's any like pressure or guilt and shame. It's like arms wide open, walk back in. Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. See, God is always there. See, we, we can't get rid of God. It's not like I can distance myself from God, like I can hide from him, like Elijah in a cave saying like, ah, I don't think you're here, God. 
It's like God's always there. Sorry, I just spat then. (laughs) But if you position yourself under God's blessing, you get full of God's good stuff. And that, that comes from being in church. That comes from being, you know, if you're part of a dinner party, going to a dinner party every week, this is something we do in our church, which, you know, these are all, I mean, this is an awesome church to be part of, isn't it? It's like, so what do you do? Well, we have church on a Sunday, which is amazing. And then we go to the Biltmore afterwards and we have drinks. Amazing. And then you get invited to a dinner party every week. Amazing. So I love being part of this church. I love food, so it's always good. But being part of that, being in that, is such an amazing thing. Being around God's people, being able to talk through stuff, being able to be accountable when things are not going well is an amazing thing. See, when when the glass is full and it keeps getting full, that's when we stay in church. See, you, you can come for a little bit, get a fill, and then walk away. But if you stay, it says in Psalm, I think it's 92, it says, planted in the house, and they will flourish. So, so staying in God's house, not just kind of coming when I feel like it and going away. But for me, that decision I made was to stay. I said, I'm not, I'm not going. And I haven't since that point, and I never will. Because I love being part of a church where not only do we just come and sing songs and hear a talk, but I'm around people who are applying the principles in the Bible into their life and seeing success after success. And I'm seeing it work for people. This is like, this, this may be like alien to a few of us, but like being part of a church where it works. And that God's word, I mean, God's word always works, by the way. I'm not saying that it doesn't work at some points, but it only works really when we apply it in our lives. See, Psalm 23, uh, Ben did this one last week. I always think of Psalm 23, I think of Gangster's Paradise when Coolio sang it. Um, but it, you know, it, it, says, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I like nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. This is like, this is being part of churches. This is what it does for you. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. (laughs) I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So this is David saying, like, life's not always cozy. Life's not always easy. David had enemies. He was a king. He says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell, I will be planted in the house of the Lord forever. See, when your cup overflows, when you receive that blessing, when you stay under God's blessing in your life, when you stay uh, open to it, I suppose that's, that's your position, is staying open to God in your life, then as it starts to overflow, it affects other people in your life. It affects your friends, your family, your work colleagues. They will see something different about you. In Romans 1.16, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. See, that power of God affects not only you, but the people around you. See, that power that, that affected your life, that kind of brought salvation, that you thought, wow, 
now, like Jesus dying on the cross wasn't just a historical thing, but it actually affects my life. Like the fact that he died on the cross and took away the sins of the world meant that me believing in him means that that righteousness that Jesus had in his life, which was basically he, he lived a perfect life, then gets transferred over to me. So now I find myself in Christ. So that is what a Christian is. A Christian is a Christ one, someone who finds himself in Christ, where now I am completely set free from guilt and shame. I am completely set free from all the sins that, that used to go before me. And even now, even if I sin now, I am completely forgiven and completely set free. And I don't need to wallow in that. See, God's Word is so practical. If you read the Bible, you will find out it is very practical. It, it, you know, you can do what it says. That's the amazing thing about it. It's not just a philosophy for life. It's not just a set of nice words. It gives you actual wisdom for life. And then when you apply it, you see it working and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Like, this is so good that I, I've applied the Bible in my marriage and I've applied it bringing up my kids. I've applied it in my business. I've applied it in my job. I've applied it with my friends and I see it working. And genuinely, I don't want to keep that to myself. I don't know if any of you would want to keep that kind of stuff to yourself where it's like, you found the answer for life and it's like, no, I think, think this is just for me. I'll really enjoy that. Nobody else needs to know. Shh. It's like we want to get it out. Yeah. See, my only point really this evening is what is your position with God? Are you open to it? When you come to church on a Sunday evening, are you open? Are you expectant? Are you ready to hear what God's got to say to you? See, I know the feeling of coming to church and thinking, I don't really want to know because I think that he's going to tell me off or I think he's going to shrink my life down or I think he's going to make me stop all this fun stuff that I'm having. But I tell you what, my experience of it is the opposite. My experience is actually he wants me to have a great life. He wants me to have a successful marriage. He wants me to have uh, great kids who are in church doing, you know, living a life with God at the center of their lives. That's what he wants for me. See, as human beings, we're designed in such a way that we cannot output without input. So we have to eat, we have to sleep in order to, to, to live our lives. And it's the same way in being a Christian, in this champagne Christianity, which is we need that input. We need that input from God's Word. We need that input from His favor, from, his, uh, from those principles where we put them into practice and they work. We need that input from our friends in church. We need that input in order to output. So we need God's blessing coming in so that it can go out. See, God's blessing was not supposed to just stay in that glass. The point of it is that it overflows to everybody else. See, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. That's what he said. He says, I am the bread of life. And he says, whoever eats of me will have everlasting life. See, when, when you... So this is why we do communion as a church. And we do it once a month. And, we, and we, we take the bread and the wine because we're remembering that we are connected to Jesus in that way that because of what he did, we can have eternal life. So don't settle for tap water, because this is champagne Christianity. So would you bow your heads, and um, does anyone to play? Bring some 
music, that would be good. I'm going to say a prayer. And um, as we're, we're bowing our heads and we're closing our eyes, I'm going to ask that you say it out loud. As a church, we say it all together, a line at a time, out loud. If you feel comfortable with that. If you don't, don't worry. This isn't, uh, I'm not forcing this, but I'm saying for us as a church, we're going to say it out loud. But for you, this might be the first time you've ever said this prayer. And at the end of this prayer, if you mean it, if this is like for you saying, I want some of this. I want in on this. I've never heard it explained like this before. I've never understood that Christianity can be like this. If you say that prayer tonight, a line at a time, at the end I'm going to ask that you just raise your hand just as a signal to myself and a signal to God to say, I'm in. Count me in. Like, can I have some of this? Can I have some of this good stuff that you've got and seemingly everyone else seems to be getting it apart from me? If you want to be counted in, this is your opportunity. We do this every week as a church. This isn't something special because it's a baptism. This is something we do every single week. We give people an opportunity because this is too good to keep to ourselves. So I'm going to say a line. You repeat it after me. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Father God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus. To pay the price for my sin by dying on the cross. Today I choose to fix my eyes on you. I choose to follow you and turn from my life of sin. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and cleanse me from my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. And just keep your heads bowed and keep your eyes closed because I want to create a moment now and this moment is for you and this is a moment to respond to God's word. See, God's word has been spoken this evening. You've experienced it through the testimonies of Rich and Laura and you've experienced the, the presence of God through worship. And now is your opportunity to respond to that. And so I'm going to ask on the count of three that if that's you and you want in on this, that you just raise your hand. One, two, three. You raise your hand now if that's you. Father God, I thank you for everyone here and I thank you for, for Rich and for Laura and their decision today, uh, a public declaration to say that they're going to put you first in their lives. I thank you for the friends and family coming to, uh, to support that this evening and I thank you for this church. And God, I want to pray favor over this church that as we go out into this week and we position ourselves under your word, as we position ourselves under your blessings and under your favor, that we'll see things happen in our lives this week and that would affect our friends and family. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys. I'm going to hand you back over to Vic. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.